This is Trek FM. Helling frequencies open. This is your Trek FM Hyper Channel for Tuesday, June 3rd, 2014. I'm Christopher Jones, and we have two stories for you today Phase 2 concept art from Mike Miner's drawing board, and making Dr. McCoy's magic pills real. First up, as most of you probably know if you're listening to this, in 1977, Paramount came very close to resurrecting the original series. TOS had gone off the air, the animated series had had some success, and as the decade drew to a close, there was some momentum for Star Trek to return to television. And they had been working on a series called Phase 2. Now, as I said, I'm sure you've heard of this series. You may know a lot about it, or you may have just heard the name and you know that it existed. Well, it was a series that they worked on quite a bit, and they went so far as to do tests of costumes. They did concept art. They were getting quite a long way into the production before they pulled the plug on it. And it's intertwined with the motion picture and the development of that story. And. A decision whether to go with a big screen adventure for Star Trek or to go with the small screen. And ultimately, they did end up going with the motion picture, of course. The story of the motion picture itself, in fact, grew out of the pilot episode for Phase Two, which was called In Thy Image. And they, they took a lot of elements of that, developed them into the feature length picture. Now, this is stuff you've probably heard before. The story today is that sciencefiction.com posted an article with some very interesting images from Mike Miner, who was the illustrator who developed concept art for Phase 2. Miner also worked on the original series, on the motion picture, The Wrath of Khan, and is the uncredited creator of the Tholian Web. And in this article posted by Stuart Conover on sciencefiction.com, we get to see five different images from Miner's sketchbook of concept art. And they show the bridge of the Enterprise. They also show engineering, which is just really, it's very, very interesting looking. It's, it is reminiscent, in fact, of the warp cores that we've come to know over time. You know, the, the tall warp cores from the floor going all the way up to the ceiling, as opposed to the, the horizontal warp cores that we saw in the motion picture and that we also saw in Enterprise. There's also a quarters, like a, the captain's quarters, with a coffee table. <laughs> it is, in fact, a coffee table. That it almost reminds me, it gives me sort of like a 2001 A Space Odyssey feel, but with more color to it. A very 70s feeling for sure. There's also an image of the cargo bay and one of the rec room, which I don't know, I guess it could be almost like if you think of a 70s feel for 10 forward, maybe it might feel a little bit like that. Now, this isn't the first time that we've gotten to see images from the development of Phase 2, of course. Judith and Garfield Reeve Stevens, who are two of, of the great authors in Star Trek literature, especially through the 90s, who also worked on Enterprise, wrote a book in 1997 called Star Trek Phase 2 The Lost Series. 
And this book tells the story of the aborted series, its development, and includes full-color artwork, storyboards, blueprints, technical information, and photos as well. And you may have also seen, I'm trying to remember where I saw this. It's on the it's on some of the Blu-ray discs and extras, maybe DVDs as well, but they actually have footage of some of the costume tests for Phase 2 as well. So they got pretty far along in this. So you can pick up that book from Judith and Garfield if you want to you know, get the backstory of Phase 2's development and see those images as well. And then there are these images also over here on sciencefiction.com. Phase 2 did more than just give us images of an aborted series, though. A number of things from Phase 2 carried through, as I already mentioned, the pilot episode in Thy Image, that script, evolved into the motion picture. If you remember from the motion picture also, you have Decker and Ilea, and they had a past relationship, and then of course they end up together at the end. That carries through to the next generation. In fact, Riker and Troy are pretty much Decker and Ilea. That concept specifically carried over from Phase 2's development to the next generation when Gene Roddenberry created TNG. Other things carried over to TNG as well. A number of scripts that were written for Phase 2 became episodes of The Next Generation. The two that specifically come to mind immediately for me are The Child and Devil's Due. Those both were Phase 2 scripts. They had the same name as Phase 2 scripts as well. Now, of course, the story evolved a bit in order to make it fit TNG, but those were Phase 2 scripts. There was another script called Katumba, which dealt with the Klingons, and that actually has been done by the fan series, which now carries the name Phase 2, which was originally Star Trek New Voyages. This is the series started by James Cawley. So Phase 2 has given us a lot, even though it was never actually produced and never put on television. So we'll put a link in the show notes to this artwork. It's really interesting to go over and look at these images, and tell us what you think about the designs. First of all, because this was a follow-up to the original series, and it was going to be the Enterprise again, although the ship would have been redesigned, most of the cast was coming back. Shatner was coming back, so Kirk was going to be there. Almost everyone was going to be there. Spock was not going to be there. There was going to be a new science officer named Zahn. But otherwise, it very much is a follow-up to TOS. So tell us what you think about these designs that you see compared to the original series sets, which had their 60s flavor, and as you'll see, there is very much a 70s aesthetic to these. Also, what do you think about these compared to TNG? Because since this never got made, the next series that Gene Roddenberry made was The Next Generation, and the the concepts evolved quite a bit from the 70s into the 80s. And then, of course, there's the Abrams verse as well. I don't really think there's that much to compare with the Abrams verse because there's such a gap in time. Stylistically, there's such a gap. But if you do have thoughts on that, I'd like to hear those as well. So uh, hit us up. Our username for the network on Twitter is TrekFM. And my own Twitter account is C Brian Jones. 
the letter C, and Brian with a Y. We'd love to hear from you. And I'd also like to thank our news editor, Mariel Kiran, for preparing this story for us today. Next up, when the crew of the Enterprise traveled back to 1986 San Francisco, the most shocking thing to Bones wasn't the chaotic traffic, the double dumbass on you, or any of that, or the computer input via mouse that Scotty struggled with so much. It was the primitive state of medicine. Bones, he just couldn't imagine that this was a hospital and people were dealing with problems like kidney dialysis. And taking inspiration from Star Trek, doctors today are working to make things like Dr. McCoy's magic pills, which apparently grow new kidneys for you, a reality. They, they want us to have this medical technology in our own lives, and a breakthrough by Gladstone Institutes allows scientists to transform skin cells into heart muscles. Now, this may not sound like such a big deal, but what it could lead to eventually is what's important here. Well, first of all, I think it is kind of a big deal. I mean, the idea that you could take skin cells and and, and transform them into another type of cell, I mean, that's... it's. If you think about where we came from and, and we can now do this with technology, that's kind of a big deal to me. But But what's a bigger deal is what it could eventually lead to, and that is the development of Star Trek-like treatments for a wide range of ailments. Now, this is from an article on StarTrek.com by Joan Sung, and Joan Sung is writing Trek Gnosis and is also a writer for XPRIZE. Now, of course, XPRIZE is a name I'm sure you recognize. They run these prize competitions to help address global crises and market failures. So when there's a technology that needs to be developed and the government isn't doing it, and we need the private sector to step in, XPRIZE helps to incentivize teams to solve these problems. I think it's a wonderful thing because I really feel like there is no limit to what we can achieve with technology and with science. The problem is incentive. Uh, Yesterday on Hyper Channel, I talked to you about uh, this plan in Idaho to uh, create streets and sidewalks that can absorb solar energy and create power. Well, that that's a great technology. And there's nothing stopping us from doing it. Our minds are capable of it. We just need incentive. So XPRIZE does that. What they're doing right now, which is really cool for Star Trek fans, is they have the $10 million Calcom Tricorder XPRIZE. And they're challenging teams around the world to create a portable, wireless, Star Trek-inspired medical device that allows you to monitor your health and medical conditions anywhere, anytime, just like they do in Star Trek. And we're getting very close to tricorder technology. There are already add-ons for iPhone that are being used in the field in Africa by physicians to improve the lives of people in Africa. And that's early technology. And I think we're going to have a tricorder in the very near future. And this breakthrough by the Gladstone Institutes 
gets us closer to that as well as other medical treatments that we might see. I especially think of Dr. Crusher on The Next Generation because she had all the gadgets. She could just wave stuff over you and you were okay. When I think of bones, I I see bones as more like the MacGyver of medicine. There's a problem. He's going to throw some elixirs together, swish it around, eyeball it. Say, that looks about right. Here, let's try this. And it's going to work. So I think more of Dr. Crusher and her magic gadgets that she had and how in TNG, no matter what happens to you, for the most part, you can be fixed right up. So going back to this breakthrough of transforming skin cells into heart muscles, what it could lead to actually would be in the future, the ability for doctors to actually grow entire new organs to replace missing organs or non-functional organs and, and do it without surgery, without having to cut you open, no scalpel required. It would be amazing. An example given in the article here by Joan Sung is the fact that if you have a heart attack now and you survive the heart attack, of course, part of the process, the, the tissue dies and so it creates scar tissue and that scar tissue is left behind. Well, that scar tissue can really affect the ability of your heart to pump blood, which affects how much blood is circulated through your body, which affects your just your everyday quality of life. And someday doctors might be able to just take ordinary skin and take those scales and graft them onto that damaged area in your heart. And through some therapy technique that hasn't been developed yet, but would be at some point in the future, they could actually grow a brand new heart, brand new heart tissue, I should say, where that damaged tissue, that scar tissue is. It's amazing. That's right out of Star Trek. So again, through the work of scientists at Gladstone Institutes and elsewhere around the world, and through the incentives provided by XPRIZE, we're getting closer to having Dr. McCoy's magic pills, Dr. Crusher's collection of gadgets. (laughs) There are so many of them. And also... Just a better future and better health for us all. And it's really exciting to see where it's going. I don't know if I'll be around when we get there. I don't know how long it's going to take, but that's what I would like to know from you. How long do you think it's going to be before we have tricorders in our everyday lives or doctors are able to just grow new organs and, and, and grow them inside your body by grafting skin tissue on And what medical technology from Star Trek would you most like to see in the real world? Let us know what you think about these. We'd love to hear from you. Now, I do have my usual network update for you today to close out the show. It's Tuesday, and that means The Next Generation and Earl Grey. And in this week's show, Philip, Darren, and Daniel do the what I call the divisional shuffle. I picture it as a dance, actually. But but what they're going to talk about here is... What would happen if our favorite TNG characters belonged to other divisions? What if data worked in security? 
what if Picard manned the science station? You know, in Tapestry, we actually did get to see a Picard in a different timeline. If his life had gone a different way, who was in sciences? So what if Picard manned the science station? What if Riker sat at tactical? Find out what they think about it. See if you agree. And then, of course, share your thoughts with them. Hop over and grab Roll Grey as they scramble the divisional colors. And you'll find this new cup of Roll Grey in your feeds right now if you subscribe to the individual feed for Earl Grey or to the Trek FM Complete Master Feed. You can also catch it through all of your favorite podcast sources. We're pretty much everywhere. Just search for Trek.fm or the name of the show you want to listen to, and we should come right up. And of course, you can stream from the website or grab the RSS link if you want to put that into another podcatcher. Well, that's our look at the news for today. If you're streaming the show from our website, remember that you can have it delivered directly to your device of choice by subscribing to the Hyper Channel show feed or to the Trek FM Complete Master Feed, which contains every episode of every show we do. We'll also pop some special audio content in there from time to time that you can't get through the individual feeds. So go check that one out. It's a great way to sample everything that's happening on the network. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I'd love to chat with you about these stories today and anything in the world of Star Trek. You can find me on Twitter. My username is C Brian Jones. That's the letter C and Brian with a Y. I use that same username everywhere on social media. So look me up wherever you are. Twitter is the best place to connect with me. I keep my eye on Twitter all the time. And uh, if you tweet at me, I will reply to you. I do like to chat. So, so talk to me over there. You can find the network on Twitter also. Our username there is TrekFM. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash TrekFM. On Google+, Plus, we have a community. Just search Trek.FM for that. We have traditional forums on our website at Trek.FM slash forums. And you can even send us a voicemail through the website. Just look in the sidebar and you'll see the link right there. All you need is your webcam's microphone or your smartphone or tablet mic. And you can record us a message. Well, thanks as always for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Again, let me know what you think about the stories, and I'll see you again tomorrow with some more news from the world of Star Trek. And until then, go watch some Trek. <laughs>